Hi there, guys, and welcome to episode three of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan. Today's guest is Alana Freeman, who is actually a former student of mine, and we're going to be discussing how Alana went from retail sales, went traveling around the world in Asia, and then decided to start with SAS, her onboarding experience, and how she's currently progressing into an inside sales role at Secure Code Warrior. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name. And every Tuesday at 8 a.m., we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. So I'm really excited to introduce the next guest. This is Alana Freeman. And funnily enough, Alana was actually one of my former students and a top student at that and is actually currently one of our poster girls in a lot of the Happy Selling trainings. Um, And I'm super excited uh, for Alana to come on the show today to kind of give us her SDR story. So on that note, Alana, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, Neil. How are you? I'm super. Thank you very much for asking. So, Alana, to help set the scene, could you just let the listeners know who are you currently, what do you do, and where are you working at the moment? Certainly. So, my name is Alana Freeman. I am an ISR, so that's an inside sales representative. I work at a company called Secure Code Warrior. And Secure Code Warrior helps developers write secure code. Simple as that. Cool. So you're kind of in the cybersecurity space, is that right? Yes. Cybersecurity, application security. Yeah. Okay. So for a lot of techie people out there. So who who are the normal type of prospects or people that you're trying to reach out to have discussions with? So I speak with, typically with, uh, let's say, information security managers, um, chief information security officers, uh, most commonly known as CISOs. Um, security architects, sometimes learning and development comes into play because we can be seen as a training tool, even though we're more of a program. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's give you one more. CTOs, chief technology officers. Okay, cool. And how long have you been at Secure Code Warrior, Lana? I have been at Secure Code Warrior since May 2018. So that's just over two years now. Okay, cool. Um, and really kind of a good question people want to understand is kind of what prompted you to get into sales and, you know, starting at Secure Code Warrior? What's the story behind that? Well, I'm sure everybody has been in the, the situation and they felt I actually never grew up thinking, I want to be in sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough for people that did. Um, that definitely wasn't why how I envisioned my career path to go. Um, and when I remember when I was used to ask people when I was younger, how did you get into your job? Um, you know, how did you know you wanted to be this person? Um, they said, oh, I just fell into it. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, wow, how do people fall into jobs? But <laughs> I actually feel like I fell into my job and now I know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> So, and like prior to kind of um, Secure Code Warrior, if I remember, like you used to work in sales at Ted Baker, you'd done a bit of traveling and volunteer work. Uh, what what was going on kind of before you jumped into that sales job? 
just the opportunity came around when I was working um, at Ted Baker and Selfridges uh, as a sales assistant, the main goal was to actually earn money to go traveling. Then I went traveling for about 15 months. And even during my travels, I worked in hospitality. So everything I've done so far has been very much customer facing, very people, very much people focused, communication um, and interaction. Well, wow. okay. So working in the retail space, working in front of customers, getting that kind of experience, then traveling around the world as well, doing some jobs. What kind of places did you travel to? What countries, what sights and sounds did you see on those travels, Alana? Gosh, it was the best time. So I went to, I started off in Southeast, Southeast Asia. So that was Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, I uh, went to Bali for a bit. Then I went home for two weeks, essentially changed my, changed all the clothes that I had and whipped them around to be able to make me go to South America. <laughs> it's a very, very different experience. And then I went yeah. to Colombia, Brazil. Yeah, I went to Brazil for a bit. I went to Peru, Bolivia. Um, then I flew over to Australia, lived there for nine months and worked at a little place called Early Beach, which was um, which was a very very fun time. It was it's basically like going back to uni, yeah. um, <laughs> and then I went to New Zealand for five weeks, and then I went home. Wow! So you've seen a lot of sights and sounds and different tastes, and then you came back to Blighty in London. And kind of, um, so a lot of people that I've met in the past, they've either started like a corporate sales job or like ourselves, they've gone into kind of the startup phase. What was your journey kind of finding that first job? Like when you got back, what was that experience like? So I, I, I wanted to work as soon as I got back and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And another opportunity came around for me to just be a receptionist um, at a local orthodontist um, near my house. So I did that for a bit just to kind of ease me back into normal life. And then I started on my LinkedIn. I made myself available. I, I, you know, selected available looking for jobs and a recruitment company reached out to me. They're called Venetrix and they essentially hire, well, they, they um, get people on board and recruit them towards uh, SaaS SDR. So sorry, SaaS companies um, at the time, they were just looking at SDR roles, but I do believe since then they've actually expanded to more senior roles. Cool. That recruitment process was was interesting in itself. I didn't actually have put much pressure on myself because it was the first, um, because I had to go through an assessment centre with them. And I just went along. I thought, oh, it's the first one. Realistically, who knows what can happen? But they they wanted me to you know represent them and then I had a few interviews and slowly but surely Secure Code Warrior found me or I found them. Ah, wicked that is an amazing journey and something that I've experienced myself when using the term SDR or people that are looking for new sales jobs they come across that acronym of sales development rep when you first heard SDR, what was your understanding of it and what did it mean to you back then? I don't know. Um, I, I didn't really have much visibility because I think SaaS organisations are unique in, them, in, in, in their own way. 
Yeah. Um, and typically, so none of my friends, interestingly enough, are actually in sales. Yeah. So I didn't really have that visibility to what it's like to work in sales. Um, it felt quite new to me. And it also felt quite daunting because you almost go in with a sense of like there's not that much security because of the, the commissions, you know, not, yeah. not even know like and and the the way sales is sometimes portrayed out there in, in the wider world. Um so I think the way it was positioned to me was more business development, you know, putting yourself out there. And I just thought that those skills are very valuable and those skills will take me much further than um, anything that I could probably start with. And not to say that I didn't back myself, but, you know, I, I had a degree. I went to Nottingham University, um, but... And, and and I did a degree in economics because I genuinely thought, you know, that could that could help me open doors. Um, but yeah, being an SDR, I thought was actually probably going to be the best first step. And it was definitely a good step to take. So well done for doing that. Um, so obviously, like you've gone through this process with Venetrix, you've then bumped into Secure Code Warrior. Um, what was that process like about joining the company, interviewing with them and trying to figure out, is it a fit for Alana? So interesting. So I did, like I said, so Venetrix set me up with a few um, interviews, um, one of which did, just didn't go well. And I and I was like, is, was it me? Was it the company? But then when I met David, um, one of my old managers, I just knew that this is how the interview is meant to go. We had a conversation. Um, I felt comfortable. Um, we got on really well. And then when I compared it to interviews that hadn't gone well, I thought, okay, it wasn't just me. Um, and I don't. I, I think it was quite a, a fairly swift interview process. And that might be because there was only about twenty-five people in the company at the time. So it's not like there were loads of loads of people to go through. I probably had about three interviews, one with a manager, one with someone that I'd be working with closely in the office, and one with the CEO. Cool, perfect. And obviously we'll we'll get back into Secure Code Warrior like that at the beginning of that journey. But I think it's really interesting to hear about you said um you went through some interviews and they weren't that great. And obviously you had your chat with David and that was good. What was it about those things that kind of gave you red flags to think mm, that's not really a company I want to join into? I wish I could remember the story because I actually almost had a bit of a, a bit of an argument. I'm not an argumentative person at all, but the guy was rubbing me up the wrong way and I can't really remember why, but I just think he was questioning my integrity and I just felt a bit, I, I, I just, I was a bit taken aback and I just thought, no, like I, I, I didn't feel comfortable during the interview process. Um, this phone conversation hasn't been that enjoyable. Um, this isn't going well. Hmm. So yeah, that I guess, I guess that that was an experience in itself. Considering I didn't actually have a job at the well, I didn't have any SDR job at the time. Yeah, <laughs> but no, definitely, I, I agree. Like it's all about that initial experience, not just for companies to vet SDRs, but the SDRs that are going to go take on that job. They also have to feel, you know, the company cares. They've done their research. Mm -hmm. They're asking the right questions and they're looking for the right people. But that process in itself has to be good. 
And by the sounds of it, you had a better experience with David at SCW. So really happy to hear that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have never met, you know, so it was a good thing. Um, So again, some of these listeners that are in, they may be thinking about applying for an SDR job or, you know, going up for their first interview. What kind of tips would you give them to kind of prepare them and get them ready for that sort of interview uh, experience? I think if you're going for the SDR role, um, don't put too much pressure on yourself. You're not expected to be perfect. SDR roles are meant to be, you're meant to be someone that can that is very moldable in the way that there's so much to learn. So don't feel like you need to know everything. I think as well, being yourself is great because it's all about personality. You know, it's very much either phone to phone, um, face to face sort of job. So if you know that you've got, I mean, I'm sure you've got a great personality. So try and make it shine. Obviously, don't go OTT. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's quite hard to do in a, maybe like a half an hour interview. Yeah. But if you can show the sort of personality you have, then you're more, then they're more likely to get to get to want to see more of it and be able to see how you can actually fit in with the organization. Because what I'm seeing a lot, even in the conversations I'm having now with prospects, with clients, is that culture is so important in an organization. And of mm. course, it's about the skills um, and your capability. But as an SDR, that's the, the the beauty is that you're given the opportunity to actually grow. So if you have that, I mean, I obviously, I mean, at the time when I was being hired, I didn't, I'd never been an SDR. I had that I had only learned when SDR was probably a month before my interview with David. So actually, I I genuinely believe it was myself, you know, my culture and my personality, um, the way I presented myself that that opened that door for me. And a nice memory. So when um throughout my SDR career, obviously not obvious, but sometimes I would doubt myself because it is a hard role. And I was so new to it and I was always asking for guidance, which would bring me swiftly onto how I met you, but um, Donna's jumped too far ahead. And I once asked David, I just said, so why did you hire me? And this and this was maybe six months down the line. And I remember him saying, you know, at that interview, um, you approached me. So I remember I was early. Uh, I, I recognised David's picture. He was sitting... Um, in where, where where our interview was, I think it was like maybe a hotel lobby, um, yeah. and he was on his laptop, had a glass of wine, very David, and <laughs> I just I, I just went up to him and I was like David, and I think for him, he that that's what he liked. It set it set the interview off to a good start. So you know, go just just go for it. That's something that I would do anyway, wherever I am. If I if I see friends out, I go up to them and say, hi, why wouldn't I do that with someone who I'm potentially going to be working with? I love that. So that's basically taking the initiatives, being fearless, just walking up and just sparking off the conversation. And that's what we have to do as SDRs, right? We have to have that sort of uh, feeling inside us to want to speak to people because that's what we do best. Um, but I absolutely love that story. And I'm, I'm sure when he hears this back uh, in the coming weeks, uh, he's going to love that story as well and remember it. So 
obviously you've like you said you've you've gone into the role you've successfully become an SDR and like you're going through like the initial sort of training and just getting on the phones and stuff like that what was going through your mind when you were learning all these like techniques and who you had to speak to and learning about your company and its culture and all of that what was that experience like it was daunting when I look back but it was also very insightful I learned a lot about myself um how I should be communicating um if I just take you through I guess my introduction so um you know my my final interview was with my CEO Peter Danu and then after that it was kind of like okay um now you're part of Secure Codes Warrior, rock up at 9.30 on a Tuesday morning at WeWork, one of the WeWorks in um, Moorgate. Yeah. So I did that and I walked into an office and there was one other person in the office, um, someone who had just been hired a month before me to do the same role. And we were the first two people doing this role in the whole organisation. And there was only two other people. So there was four people in the office altogether, including myself. Um so it was very much, you know, your job, now execute and, you know, <laughs> jump on calls, listen to what's going on in the com- like in conversations. These are the people, you're, the, these are your personas that, that you need to reach out to. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is great. You know, jump on the phones, use emails. I didn't have any tool. Like at the moment, we uh, we um we have outreach but there was no sort of sales enablement tool so it was like me you know creating google doc sheets or to some other people the equivalent is like microsoft excel and to be able to keep track of what i was doing um and it felt (laughs) the reason why i was daunting is like it felt manic it was like there was so much to do and i had to learn about what the company did um i had to learn about security you know cyber security it's like a whole different world um you know, going to events, I was being encouraged to meet people face to face. So it was, it, it, I just was thrown into it. But I, I, I think that's a great way to, for it to learn um, and to try learn quickly. And I do remember the day that everything just clicked. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a month or two months afterwards. It was quite a while afterwards where everything clicked. Um, mm. and, and and when it did, it felt great, and it made me realise that that whole onboarding process if if you want to call it that um that that builds a lot of resilience i love it so like a a a baptism of fire uh (laughs) perseverance of a lot of madness and new things going on and then one day it just all fell into place is that right yeah i had that that uh that moment that 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 moment where everything just clicked and i felt it and i think it was when i realized because as an SDR, so typical SDRs, I know, um, you know, their their job is to book meetings, book X number of meetings a month. Um, but the nature of Secure Code Warrior is isn't necessarily, you know, book the meetings and that's what you're doing. I was kind of surrounded by uh, colleagues that were very supportive and wanted to help me progress. So, you know, being able to maybe get to run demos. That, that was the next step. And I realized when I could do that or maybe even do that on my own without any assistance, I was like, oh, I I, I do understand what, what I'm doing. Mm. I can ask the right questions and I can get to the next step. 100%. I think there's a, a really good set, uh, saying that I learned during lockdown, which is 
Sometimes you have to believe in others' belief of you before it kicks in for mm -hmm. yourself. And to your point, having a really supportive team uh, behind you to kind of like gear you on and cheer you on. And it's something I did a lot of the time when we used to have our one-to-ones, I remember, and I just used to sit and think like, you know it, and I don't want to tell you because I want you to get it yourself. And I'm really like proud to see like how you've grown um, in the past year or so. Um, but obviously, like things have moved on a little bit. You're currently like really progressing into your role. Kind of what, what's going on in your world right now? Like, where are you now? So now the organization doesn't officially have SDRs. We're now called ISRs, which is, like I said at the beginning, so we're inside sales reps. And we, our role is to qualify leads, create opportunities, so to have those discovery calls, make, uh, you know, create opportunities and also take those opportunities to what we have as a, as a trial stage. Um, the, the platform that we have is used by developers. So the, a, a typical part of the process is for the developers to actually trial out the platform, you know, try Secure Code Warriors, see if it's something that they can see working with their everyday life at their own, in their own office or mm. at home. <laughs> And well, so we found as an organization, you know, taking um, opportunities to trial um, is far more valuable than just asking us to just book those demos. So I need to not only um, make sure that I can create opportunities, you know, qualify those leads, but also take those opportunities further along the sales, uh, the sales cycle to trial stage. So that's what's going on at the moment with me um, mm -hmm. in my in my official role. Uh, there's, of, there's, of course, loads of projects going on on the side to do with, let's say, sales enablement. Um, I mean, I did a trivia last night on, on, on Indigenous peoples. That's part of our culture programme in August. Nice. Um, <laughs> August is all about Indigenous peoples, and it's a, it's a, it was a global initiative. Um, so I also do stuff like that on the side warriors give back is what is what we call that so that's kind of like a philanthropic cause like within the company and you're part of that is that right yeah yeah cool cool and um as you mentioned like you're obviously doing parts in the company like the role has now evolved slightly more than just like you say booking meetings um how how did you find the process of like you came in initially as an SDR to help book meetings and now you're taking it on a bit further? You mentioned also that you're kind of doing demos as well. Mm -hmm. What was what was the learning curve like that from transitioning from initial meeting booker to kind of like doing more of the actual sales process itself as well? Well, fortunately for me, it it's been gradual. It hasn't been okay. And today you have to do X, Y, like you have you have three more responsibilities on your plate. It it was all very gradual. Um daunting again at that sometimes because you think, gosh, can I do this? But I always knew I had the right support network. So um one thing that I know works really well with ISR or SDR roles is having your respective AE there to guide you along the way and I've been very fortunate enough to have um, to have a very supportive supportive um, AE and you know they just you just know that you wouldn't be given that responsibility unless they trusted that you could take it on. Mm. 
and sometimes and I almost sometimes ask myself you know or like I sometimes tell myself it's okay if I fail that's not a problem I'd rather be I'd rather fail sooner rather than later um, and be given the opportunities so you know taking on that more responsibility I, I did feel like I was ready for it um, I mean, I was probably already doing it without even realising. Um, but yeah, it being gradual definitely helped. I love it. Um, and you, you mentioned a very big key piece, which I'm a huge fan of, is kind of like the SDR and AE Harmony. So working with your closer, um, them kind of giving you some reins to try stuff out because they trust you. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, walk us through like the the introduction to your AE, how uh, you guys work together today, kind of what's that relationship like and how has this person helped you to become like what what you uh, who you are and what you're doing now? So my AE is called Sean Madigan. I don't think he'll mind me mentioning his name. <laughs> um, he, is, he is quite modest, but anyhow. Um, so when we started at Secure Code Warrior, it well when I so when I started at Secure Code Warrior, he was sort of the only sales guy in the room. So I think it's been a great a, a journey together. Um, now him and I are, I guess you, you could say, Amir's longest-standing sales employees. So how how we work now is very much it's always I mean it's always been about communication it's always been about making sure that we're both on the same page it's making sure that um we're being transparent with each other um you know if I've got any any anything any any bones to pick which I don't (laughs) it, it, it would never get to that because we're so transparent because we always talk about um what's going on in our own worlds you know I think one something that's really important as a as a partnership is to actually know what drives the other person whether or not you know what's going to help them reach their um their commission um you know their their actual target or what's that and also what's going to help them want you know help them with the future um that's always important but I think the best way to describe our partnership is just communication and and supporting each other you know if, if 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 an emergency ever happens I know that he'd be there for me and I'd be there for him. And furthermore, um, if I go away for two weeks, I trust that Sean will be able to handle anything that that comes his way that that was meant to be my responsibility. And I think uh, the same would be for him. Love it. It's, It's really good to have that sort of strong bond with your account executive. So if I get it right, it's a case of transparency, constant communication, kind of know where each other, where you're standing with things, um, but having each other's backs. Um, and that's kind of how you guys have built your relationship to, to help each other out. Is that right? Yeah, it says, and it's worked, which is good. And <clears throat> obviously, we, we never know. There could be some account executives that are listening in because they want to have a better relationship with their SDRs. Um, if an AE is listening um, and they're not sure, what advice would you give to that AE to to get the best out of their SDR, Alana? Treat them as your equal. Um, coach them. Almost be be open with you wanting them to eventually be in your role. 
because then it's not a competition where mm. you're not competing against each other. You know, we want to help you. So um, we, we will help you because that is our job. But you by you helping us makes us almost be more motivated to do so. So A's, if you're listening out, those are some golden nuggets being dropped by Alan, and I 100% agree with that. It's uh, At the end of the day, it's a team effort. You guys have to work together, not against each other, uh, and you're both batting for the same side. So it's important to, to have that A. And again, if any listeners are in there and they're kind of new to this role, my recommendation is uh, within your first week, just book, I don't know, 30 minutes with your AE, maybe take them out for lunch to get to know each other. I think that's always a great icebreaker as well. Um, so Alana, with uh, obviously you're doing your role and stuff, and I remember just before this podcast, we was having a conversation about progression uh, and kind of like what the future holds, etc. And this was a conversation you and me used to have a lot of uh, in our one-on-ones where you were thinking you weren't sure if you want to move into this role or is the SDR role for you? Because at times it wasn't all, you know, roses and sunshine. There were tough times as well. Um, and I remember us one day, we was uh, down by London Wall and we was having a heart-to-heart about kind of what is the future, kind of where are things going? And I said, you know what, you've got it. You've got that spirit, just stick at it. Um, kind of how, how do you deal with tough situations and how do you think about career for future and how have you dealt with those tough times? Neil, I think I got a bit emotional um, when we were down. I, 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 I mean, I remember exactly the moment you, you're talking about and I remember trying to like, almost hold back tears just because I think it's so important to show vulnerability. Um, fortunately, I'm very comfortable with that. Um, I think you know, as much as I say communication with your AE, I just think communication with anybody. If you're feeling something, then, and you know, you have a good relationship with a colleague, that you feel that, yes, maybe you just want to vent, but also, you know, constructive criticism or just advice, anything, they don't, they can't guess what's happening in your mind. So I think tough situations, talk about it. Everyone's been in the same, everyone would have been in, in your shoes. You know, and the, the good thing about being, um, I guess, young in an organisation and also at a fairly junior role is that you can feel that everybody above you has probably felt every emotion that you've had. Mm-hmm. So there's so much, op- there's so many opportunities there um, to learn not only about your skill development, but also about your emotional intelligence, um, you know, how to cope with with being in the workplace. That's that's not always an, e- an easy feat. So the tough times, I mean, the, as well with the role, um, you know, not hitting targets, having no one respond to you for a significant period of time. You think, God, what's happening? Um, is it me? No, it's not me, but still, why is it not happening? But then, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, get get through those those down days. Um, it will happen because as long as you know you're doing the right thing. And I remember you always used to say to me, as long as you're doing the right thing, it will happen. And it did. It did, indeed, um, indeed. What was the second part of the question? I was talking about um, getting through those tough times, but there was another part. Yeah. So in terms of like, you were somebody who wanted to, like myself, when I was an SDI, I wanted to progress quite quickly. I thought I was ready for things. And even as your coach, I used to say, I don't think you are ready. And we had that honest discussion. Um, 
kind of like how have you dealt with your own ambitions and sometimes where you may find limitations in not having that experience like how have you overcome that asking for help I just I think during lockdown in particular so I mean I I, so I've been at the organization just over two years and like I said at the beginning of the podcast um, May 2018 was when was when I joined so in the height of lockdown is when I hit my two-year mark and I just started and also I had my birthday in June um so I just started to think oh my god where do I want to be in five years time like where does where's my career path going to take me and we were just discussing earlier um normally when you go into the office you can have those thoughts and then you get distracted because someone's doing something hilarious or you go out for lunch or you go out for drinks after work and you think oh whatever it will all sort itself out which it will but when you're in lockdown it's harder to take that view uh, you're kind of well I know for at some points I was wrapped up in my own thoughts and I just really like started thinking hard and the, I guess the harder you think the more narrow-minded you become and you kind of mm. The bigger picture. So, one is yes, being patient. Um, make, you know, knowing that what the that everything I do each day is part of the journey. But then, like I said, asking for help. So, seeing where I can get that career advice from, or you know, maybe just being self-aware. I think is the first is, is another great step to make being self-aware of how you're feeling, what's going through your mind um, and acting on it. So speaking to someone, see, you know, what can I do now that will help me get to where I want to be? And that might be start getting go, starting a course, um, starting a project within the organisation, or it might be, um, you know, doing things outside work that make you feel happy. So maybe, I don't know, have to taking up a new hobby all these skills will help when it comes to personal development and it just makes everything when when you feel like everything's really slow and it's not moving quickly um those knowing that you're doing that that extracurricular so to speak those extracurricular activities just means that you're that you're moving just not as quickly as you want to be but the beauty of the pandemic is everything just slowed down, even, you know, our lives, which was quite nice as well. And I'm really happy to hear you saw the beauty in that and you were able to go on that journey of self-discovery uh, and get those things. And a question that I'd always ask you, like when we were working together is like, kind of what do you see the future for Alana? Like kind of where do you want to progress to? What do you want to, what, what thoughts have you been thinking about career-wise? Oh, Neil. <laughs> um um, what have I been thinking about career-wise so the the natural progression would be to become an AE um I think it would be silly not to try go for that because I've built all these sales skills it'd be nice to execute it and I even remember you saying that the best AEs would have been SDRs because they they just have that knowledge you know they they have those they've already built in those listening skills they've already been built in that need for discovery that need to find the pain um so I think that would be 
the most obvious next step. And have you? No, uh, I I would agree. I thought exactly the same thing, and I think a lot of SDRs that are either in the role or currently getting into the role, they 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 would say the same thing. Um, But another key takeaway that I gave, like when we were together, and it's something that I teach, is that the path to the AE isn't always the same path for everyone. Um, Similar to myself, I always all I wanted to be was a closer and make money and commission. And I got into it and I just found out it wasn't for me. You know, like I moved off into customer success because I found that I love spending time with customers even after getting the DocuSign in. Um, but kind of like what else, like say if it wasn't going to be the sales role, what other things kind of roles in SaaS companies interest you, Alana? That's a hard question. I think a lot of SaaS companies are young. So, and that might be a generalization, but that's been my what I've seen so far. Um, and I have seen even in Secure Code Warrior roles be created. So at one point to me, all that was available was sales, customer success and marketing and engineering and product. And when I joined the organization, there were about 25 to 30 people and now there's 150 so they can't all be doing that (laughs) Um, so I I I think I don't know is is my honest response but what I do know is there is a lot of opportunity I love it I love it so we're we're coming kind of to to the end of our show and I definitely feel that we could have a longer conversation so there may be a hint to you that in a few months' time, uh, we'd love to have you back um, to kind of give us an update as to how things are going along. But if we can take our minds back to that Alana who had been traveling, she'd been on the aeroplane, traveling around to all these countries, and she came back home to London, and she's just about to, you know, meet with David and start this journey with Secure Code Warrior. What would you say your three key takeaways that you've learned in the last two years that you'd like to give to that, uh, that younger Alana of yourself? I think what I would tell myself is trust your gut. Simple as that. Um, I would tell myself to embrace the opportunity, even the hard times and the good times and the very mediocre times because not everybody's <laughs> going to be... Not, not every gonna not every day is gonna be the worst day of my life, not every day is gonna be the best day of my life, but um you know, we move on. <laughs> <laughs> um and I think one of the last pieces of advice would be to me that this is just the start of the journey. So go in with an open mind. And I do think I have an open mind anyway. I, I don't believe you can travel practically the whole world with a without an open mind but you know the the working world I, I didn't know that it could be so casual <laughs> corporate um so I so I just think it's you know going going with an open mind into the professional world and just back yourself 
I love it. Thank you so much, Alana. So obviously there may be some listeners out there that would love to perhaps get a bit of your time to, to ask more questions. So obviously I will be placing notes into the show notes for, for, for your contact details, but what's the easiest way to, to get in contact with Alana? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And um, how do you like to be contacted on LinkedIn when somebody's sending you that first uh, request note? What should go into that request note, Alana? Well, <laughs> SDR me. <laughs> um, you know, just just say who you are, where where you've heard me from. Probably probably first start off with how how you know who I am, what what you'd like, <laughs> what your request would be, and um, and yeah, I mean, I I'd be it'd be I'd be very shocked if I ignored that. Cool. Because I think uh, the reason why I asked that is kind of one of the questions you used to ask me quite a lot about, Neil, what should I send on that send a connection request on LinkedIn? So now I'd like to put you in that hot seat to see how would you like it on the other side. <laughs> no, it's well, Alana, it is. Um, but Alana, thank you so much for joining uh, the SDR Disco Call podcast. We hope to have you as a guest in the future. And uh, once again, happy selling, Alana. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Neil. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR or ADR and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'd love to have you on board.